Hey everyone! Hi! Hello! Eric, you can be a little more enthusiastic. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let's try that again. Hey everybody! <laughs> it's just... Chip and Eric Woo! reading through, you guessed it, the Bible. You guessed it, good guess. You guessed it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I appreciate that enthusiasm, Eric. No problem at all. Today is day 228. Can't believe it. And we're going to read Ezekiel chapter 43, starting with verse 13, and we're going to go through Ezekiel 46, verse 18. Unbelievable. Sound fun? It sounds more than fun. Okay. It sounds incredible. Hmm. It also is a very thick reading today, so we're yeah, going to Probably do a lot more measurements coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm see. just wondering what's going to happen with, with the altar. Oh. oh. There you go. There it is. These... <clears throat> These are the measurements of the altar. There is a gutter all around the altar, 21 inches deep and 21 inches wide, with a curb 9 inches wide around its edge. And this is the height of the altar. From the gutter, the altar rises 3.5 feet to a lower ledge that surrounds the altar and is 21 inches wide. From the lower ledge, the altar rises 7 feet to the upper ledge, so that is also 21 inches wide. The top of the altar, the hearth, rises another seven feet higher with a horn rising up from each of the four corners. The top of the altar is square, measuring 21 by 21 feet. The upper ledge also forms a square, measuring 24 and a half feet by 24 and a half feet with a 21 inch gutter and a 10 and a half inch curb all around the edge. There are steps going up the east side of the altar. Oh, I turned two pages, sorry. It's all right. Then he said to me, son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for the burning of offerings and the sprinkling of blood when the altar is built. At that time, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who minister before me, are to be given a young bull for a sin offering, says the Sovereign Lord. You will take some of its blood and smear it on the four horns of the altar, the four corners of the upper ledge, and the curb that runs around that ledge. This will cleanse and make atonement for the altar. Then take the young bull for the sin offering and burn it on the appoint at the appointed place outside the temple area. On the second day, sacrifice as a sin offering a young male goat that has no physical defects. Then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again, just as you did with the young bull. When you have finished the cleansing ceremony, offer another young bull that has no defects and a perfect ram from the flock. You are to present them to the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to the Lord. Every day for seven days, a male goat, a young bull, and a ram from the flock will be sacrificed as a sin offering. None of these animals may have physical defects of any kind. Do this each day for seven days to cleanse and make atonement for the altar, thus setting it apart for holy use. On the eighth day and on each day afterward, the priest will sacrifice on the altar the burnt offerings and peace offerings of the people. Then I will accept you. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then the man brought me back to the east gateway in the outer wall of the temple area, but it was closed. And the Lord said to me, This gate must remain closed. It will never again be opened. No one will ever open it and pass through, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered here. Therefore, it must always remain shut. Only the prince himself may sit inside this gateway to feast in the Lord's presence, but he may come and go only through the entry room of the gateway. Then the ram brought me through the north gateway to the front of the temple. I looked and saw the glory of the Lord fill the temple of the Lord, and I fell face down on the ground. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, take careful notice. Use your eyes and ears and listen to everything I tell you about the regulations concerning the Lord's temple. Take careful note of the procedures for using the temple entrances and exits. And give these rebels, the people of Israel, this message from the Sovereign Lord. 
O people of Israel, enough of your detestable sins. You brought uncircumcised foreigners into my sanctuary, people who have no heart for God. In this way, you've defiled my temple, and as you offered me my food, the fat and blood of its sacrifices. In addition to all your other detestable sins, you have broken my covenant. Instead of safeguarding my sacred rituals, you've hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary. So, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. No foreigners, including those who live among the people of Israel, will enter my sanctuary if they have not been circumcised and have not surrendered themselves to the Lord. And the men of the tribe of Levi, who abandoned me when, I, when Israel strayed away from me to worship idols, must bear the consequences of their unfaithfulness. They may still be temple guards and gatekeepers, and they may slaughter the animals brought for the burnt offerings and to present help for the people. But they encouraged my people to worship idols, causing Israel to fall into deep sin. So I've taken a solemn oath that they must bear the consequences for their sins, says the Sovereign Lord. They may not approach me to minister as priest. They may not touch any of my holy things or the holy offerings, for they must bear the shame of all these detestable sins that they have committed. They are to serve as the temple caretakers, taking charge of the maintenance work and performing general duties. However, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok continue to minister faithfully in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. These men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence and offer the fat and blood of the sacrifices, says the Sovereign Lord. They alone will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to serve me. They will fulfill all my requirements. When they enter the gateway to the inner courtyard, they must wear only linen clothing. They must wear no wool while on duty in the inner courtyard or in the temple itself. They must wear linen turbans and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that would cause them to perspire. When they return to the outer courtyard where the people are, they must take off their clothes they wear while ministering to me. They must leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so they do not endanger anyone by transmitting holiness to them through this clothing. They must neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow too long. Instead, they must trim it regularly. The priests must not drink wine before entering the inner courtyard. They may choose their wives only from among the virgins of Israel or the widows of the priest. They may not marry other widows or divorced women. They will teach my people the difference between what is holy and what is common, what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They will serve as judges to resolve any disagreements among my people. Their decisions must be based on my regulations, and the priests themselves must obey my instructions and decrees at all the sacred festivals and see to it that the Sabbaths are set apart as holy days. A priest must not defile himself by being in the presence of a dead person unless... It is his father, mother, child, brother, or unmarried sister. In such cases, it is permitted. Even then, he can return to his temple duties only after being ceremonially cleansed and then waiting for seven days. The first day he returns to work and enters the inner courtyard and the sanctuary, he must offer a sin offering for himself, says the Sovereign Lord. The priest will not have any property or possessions of land, for I am alone their special possession. Their food will come from the gifts and sacrifices brought to the temple by the people, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings. Whatever anyone sets apart for the Lord will belong to the priest. The first of the ripe fruits and all the gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priest. The first batch of dough must also be given to the priest, so the Lord will bless your homes. The priest may not eat meat from any bird or animal that dies a natural death or that dies after being attacked by another animal. When you divide the land among the tribes of Israel, you must set aside a section for the Lord as his holy portion. This piece of land will be eight and one-third miles long and six and two-thirds miles wide. 
The entire area will be holy. A section of this land measuring 875 feet by 875 feet will be set aside for the temple. An additional strip of land 87 and a half feet wide is to be left empty all around it. With the larger sacred area, measure out a portion of land eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide. Within it, the, within it, the sanctuary of the most holy place will be located. This area will be holy, set aside for the priests who minister to the Lord in the sanctuary. They will use it for their homes, and my temple will be located within it. The strip of sacred land next to it, also eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide, will be a living area for the Levites who work at the temple. It will be their possession and a place for their towns. Adjacent to the larger sacred area will be a section of land eight and one-third miles long and one and two-thirds miles wide. This will be set aside for a city where anyone in Israel can live. Two special sections of land will be set apart for the prince. One section will share a border with the east side of the sacred lands and city, and the second section will share a border on the west side. Then the far eastern and western borders of the prince's lands will line up with the eastern and western boundaries of the tribal areas. These sections of land will be the prince's allotment. Then my princes will no longer oppress and rob my people. They will assign the rest of the land to the people, giving an allotment for each tribe. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. Enough, of you, enough, you princes of Israel. Stop your violence and oppression and do what is just and right. Quit robbing and cheating my people out of their land. Stop expelling them from their homes, says the sovereign Lord. Use only honest weights and scales and honest measures, both dry and liquid. The homer will be your standard unit of me for measuring volume. The ephah and the bath will each measure one-tenth of a homer. The standard unit for weight will be the silver shekel. One shekel will consist of 20 geras, and 60 shekels will be equal to one mina. You must give this tax to the prince. One bushel of wheat or barley for every 60 you harvest, 1% of your olive oil, and one sheep or goat for every 200 in your flocks in Israel. These will be the grain offerings, burnt offerings, and peace offerings that will make atonement for the people who bring them, says the Sovereign Lord. All the people of Israel must join in bringing these offerings to the prince. The prince will be required to provide offerings that are given at the religious festivals, the new moon celebrations, the Sabbath days, and all other similar occasions. He will provide the sin offering, burnt offerings, grain offerings, liquid offerings, and peace offerings to purify the people of Israel, making them right with the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In early spring, on the first day of each new year, sacrifice a young bull with no defects to purify the temple. The priest will take blood from the sin offering and put it on the doorposts of the temple, the four corners of the upper ledge of the altar, and the gate posts at the entrance to the inner courtyard. Do this also on the seventh day of the new year for anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance. In this way, you will purify the temple. On the fourteenth day of the first month, you must celebrate the Passover. This festival will last for seven days. The, the bread you eat during that time must be made without yeast. On the day of Passover, the prince will provide a young bull as a sin offering for himself and the people of Israel. On each of the seven days of the feast, he will prepare a burnt offering to the Lord, consisting of seven young bulls and seven rams without defects. A male goat will also be given each day for a sin offering. The prince will provide a basket of flour as a grain offering and a gallon of olive oil with each young bull and ram. During the seven days of the festival of shelters, which occurs every year in early autumn, the prince will provide 
these same sacrifices for the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the grain offering, along with the required olive oil. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The east gateway of the inner courtyard will be closed during the six workdays each week, but it will be open on Sabbath days and the days of new moon celebrations. The priest will enter the entry room of the gateway from the outside. Then he will stand by the gatepost while the priest offers his burnt offering and peace offering. He will bow down in worship inside the gateway passage, then go back out the way he came. The gateway will not be closed until evening. The common people will bow down and worship the Lord in front of this gateway on Sabbath days and on the days of new moon celebrations. Each Sabbath day, the prince will, re- will present to the Lord a burnt offering of six lambs and one ram, all with no defects. He will present a grain offering of a basket of choice flour to go with the ram and whatever amount of flour he chooses to go with each lamb. He is, and he is to offer one gallon of olive oil for each basket of flour. At the new moon celebrations, he will bring one young bull, six lambs, and one ram, all with no defects. With the young bull, he must bring a basket of choice flour for a grain offering. With the ram, he must bring another basket of flour, and with each lamb, he is to bring whatever amount of flour he chooses to give. With each basket of flour, he must offer one gallon of olive oil. The prince must enter the gateway through the entry room, and he must leave the same way. But when the people come in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, they must leave by the south gateway. And those who enter through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but it must always use the opposite gateway. Hmm. The prince will enter and leave with the people on these occasions. So at the special feasts and sacred festivals, a grain offering will be a basket of choice flour with each young bull, another basket of flour with each ram, and as much flour as the worshiper chooses to give with each lamb. Give one gallon of olive oil with each basket of flour. When the prince offers a voluntary burnt offering or peace offering to the Lord, the east gateway to the inner courtyard will be open for him, and he will offer his sacrifices as he does on the Sabbath days. Then he'll leave, and the gateway will be shut behind him. Each morning you must sacrifice a one-year-old lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With the lamb, a grain offering must also be given to the Lord. About three quarts of flour with a third a gallon of olive oil to moisten the choice flour. This will be a permanent law for you. The lamb, the grain offering, and the olive oil and olive oil must be given as a daily sacrifice every morning without fail. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. If the prince gives a gift of land to one of his sons as his inheritance, it will belong to him and his descendants forever. But if the prince gives a gift of land from his inheritance to one of his servants, the servant must keep it until the until only until the year of Jubilee, which comes every fiftieth year. At that time, the land will return to the prince. But when the prince gives gifts to his sons, those gifts will be permanent, and the prince may never take anyone's property by force. If he gives property to his sons, it must be from his own land, for I do not want any of my people unjustly evicted from their property. And And that that is our our reading reading today. today. Huh. Holy smokes, Eric. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot going on there. Hey, but as we read that, very deep passage. We have two questions in mind. What does this tell us about God? And what does this tell us about us? So, Chip, what does this tell us about God? Okay. I'm going to do my best with this. Yeah, man. And we might have mentioned this way back when we started the Old Testament. It's fine. It's the Bible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was pretty obvious here that God re- requires sacrifice for sin. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that here with the explanation of the temple. 
and uh, he requires a sacrifice for sin. It is needed. There's different sacrifices for different things, but we know that there's um, specifically here sacrifice for sin. Sin um, must be paid for. It must be dealt with, you know, you know, really kind of from the, the get-go when he started that covenant. And, uh, and so um, what's cool is that that's what we see today. That's what he did. And that's what Jesus provided one sacrifice for all sins for all time and that is so cool mm-hmm. they had to keep doing it back in the day it just kind of covered things up but uh but now we have the full realization of that through jesus so yeah um uh, someone's gonna pay mm-hmm. you know and uh god has been so gracious to provide a way through his son jesus for all of us and so hopefully um if you uh um, have accepted Jesus as your Savior, that sacrifice. That's awesome. If you have not, hopefully you'll make that decision soon that you'll believe in Jesus as your Savior, that sacrifice who covers all your sins. Because sacrifice for sin is needed. It's been provided, but will you believe it, accept it, receive it by giving your life to God through faith in Jesus? That's the question that some of you need to make today. You're reading the Bible. That's awesome. That means God's brought you to this point. Yeah. And, uh, and he desires for you. He's going to great lengths for you. But that time is coming to a close at some point, and we just don't know when. So your time is right now. So believe in the Lord as your Savior, and let us know. We'd like to know that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great takeaway. Uh, so mine's a little bit different. So um, it obviously still has to do with sin and whatever. But it, you know, it less about the sacrifice and more about now our commitment. So you know, part of committing to receive the sacrifice of Jesus is our repentance of sins, right? And so I just think that this line, um, he gives he gives land to the princes, mm-hmm. and then he says, these sections of land will be the prince's allotment. These Then my princes will no longer oppress and rob my people. They will assign the rest of the land to the people, giving an allotment to each tribe. For this is for this is what the Lord says. So because of that, this is what the Lord says. Enough, you princes of Israel. Stop your violence and oppression and do what is just and right. Quit robbing and cheating my people out of their land. Stop expelling them from their homes. Used honest weights and scales. So, like, I guess what this tells me about us is that when we are trusted to oversee things, um, God, God really, it's important to him that we hold a very strict standard for ourselves especially when we recognize that the things that we're asked to oversee or trusted to oversee are not our own, you know? So that rings true to us, Chip and I, as pastors. But, like, mm-hmm. also if you're a parent or a leader of any kind or there's people that depend on you, look up to you, if you're a, a discipler, if you are a teacher with students, like, whatever your deal is, mm-hmm. you know, God is really, really concerned with how you treat those that are positionally under you. You know, and I just see that here. And the cool thing is that he gives his land to them to prevent them from falling into that. Mm-hmm. And it's like God, he provides the sacrifice that removes us, like the guilt of sin, if we accept that. Yes, and that's what most of this is about. But then there's this little section that God just says, and by the way, like, I want to give you better things than whatever it is you're trying to steal or whatever it is you're trying to gain from hurting other people or whatever it is that you desire so badly that you're willing to take people's property and things like that. God wants to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And I just see that here in this one little section. Just kind of stood out. This is what it says about us. So, good. that's that.
that's that. That's, that's this. That. And that's us for now. Yeah.